I'm Victoria Shepherd, and this is the Happy Henry's Woof You podcast, where we get to find out a little bit more about the people around us who work with, play with, or know something about dogs. From the benign to the bizarre, I want to talk to anyone about anything dog-related and share stories or useful information that will not just inform, but also entertain and possibly inspire you. My guest today will probably push many of you into the bizarre end of the spectrum. I'm going to keep an open, a very open mind about it, as I truly believe that in order to grow and improve myself, I need to be willing to learn about other subjects that I am unfamiliar or maybe a little sceptical about. So I'm going to start off by sharing a little bit about me, because not only am I often asked about my past and how I ended up back here, but I think what I'm about to tell you fits well with my next guest. So I have a couple of, let's call them mottos, when it comes to how I live my life. My first motto, I've had the good fortune of working with many, many insanely geeky and knowledgeable people over the years, and I love it. My first American boss was Warner Leroy, grandson of Harry Warner of the Warner Brothers. Warner's father was Mervyn Leroy, who directed The Wizard of Oz. Warner taught me that if someone has actually thought of an idea, it's always possible. I've always thought that by surrounding myself with intelligent people, simply by osmosis, ergo, I too will become intelligent. My second motto, I often say that I go through life watching out for the breadcrumbs. Those little signs or roadmaps that I might want to take in order to get to the destination I'm supposed to be at and that I may need to take a detour from what I believed was there was where I thought I wanted to go originally. Hopefully you're keeping up with this. I trust that I will ultimately reach the right destination eventually. Perhaps by a rather circuitous route, but I will ultimately end up where I'm supposed to be. So, the second belief... No, I'm not going to get all spiritual because I can already sense many of you reaching for the stop button. But this second belief is worth raising today because in researching my guest so that I could make sure I was asking pertinent yet interesting questions, I watched an interview she did. And lo and behold, she mentioned breadcrumbs too. A coincidence? Maybe. Probably. But I've never heard anyone else describe their life the way I do before. So perhaps her breadcrumb is one of the breadcrumbs that I, in fact, need to pick up and follow. We'll see. Either way, I'm going to enjoy the journey to the very end. And on that note, after me digressing for eternity, I'd like to keep an open mind while I introduce you to my next guest. Animal communicator... Ali Katz. Yes, you heard that right. Ali Katz is a meditation coach, author of three books, has been featured on many news channels in the US, and has communicated with dogs, cats, horses, guinea pigs, and apparently even geckos. Ali currently resides in Houston, Texas, in the United States of America, and has two dogs that she rescued named Lacey and Gizmo. I will be posting links and information in the show notes if you'd like to find out more. So, without further ado, hello, Ali. Hi, thank you so much for having me. And 
You can't imagine how big my smile is as I was listening to you talk about the breadcrumbs. I was thinking, oh my goodness, the synchronicities are just everywhere. So I absolutely love that because you are also the only other person that I've heard describe their life that way. And it's such a central component to my life. So I'm thrilled. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Okay, that's just weird. <laughs> I think we're meant to be friends. <laughs> well, that's just it. When I was watching, and I, I can't remember who you were speaking to, but when I was watching it, I just thought, okay, this is just strange. So it wanted me, and this was, so it was wanted me to be more excited about what is going to come from this conversation. I, I have, I am just going to take it all in and... If, if I will, I know I'm going to end this conversation having learned something new. I hope so. <laughs> Probably me too. So how are you? I am wonderful. I have Lacey curled up on my lap and I'm just oh. like, really excited to be talking to you. Well, I'm going to get a screenshot of Lacey in a bit when she wakes <laughs> up. <laughs> uh, she's 12 and a half, do you say? Yes, yes. And then okay. I have Gizmo who is about six. And he's a little spunky thing. <laughs> and what is Gizmo? Gizmo is a schnoodle. He's half schnauzer, half poodle. Yes. And we're his fourth home. We were his fourth home in seven months. He needed me. He needed me to be his mom. I'm oh the only gosh. person that can understand him and have the right compassion and understanding for him. He's actually been such a big teacher in my life, learning a lot of lessons about that too. But he needed me to be his mom. Oh, well, I'm glad he found you and ended up with you. Um, so, okay, um, I, I've got so many questions I want to ask. I have never met a Texan I didn't like. I've, I've, I just haven't. I love and that. It's funny. I moved to Texas in 98 and I grew up actually in Philadelphia. So I'm an East Coaster, you know, but really now I've been in Texas uh, about 26, 27 years. So I really kind of am a Texan now. And I do love it. As soon as I moved here, um, and I saw how warm and welcoming all the people were and that Southern hospitality is really a thing. I it felt like home. So I know exactly what you mean. Yes. And just so everyone knows, I have met um, Ali through one of my best friends, Melanie. And she, I was telling Melanie about the podcast and what I wanted to do and I just happened to say you know I'd really love to speak to someone who's maybe like animal psychic or whatever and straight away she's like I'm going to introduce you to Ali <laughs> so again that that maybe maybe that and Melanie also believes in those little breadcrumbs so oh yeah <laughs> she's wonderful well let's get down to basics um what exactly is an animal communicator? So an animal communicator is basically what people think of as a medium, um, but I do it with animals. So I can connect with animals that are alive or in spirit because I'm making a soul to soul connection with animals. And I don't know if this is something that your audience, you know, gets into, but the soul lives on in as far as everything that I And this is do. how it how it works for you. Yes. Okay. So I can make a soul connection even after animals have passed on. So 
it is really amazing that I can help people um, bring closure, find some peace and comfort after their animals pass away and they miss them and they want to check on them and they have questions about their final days. And so that's really special. But it is also such an honor to be able to give animals a voice that are alive and to help their pet parents feel more connected, get answers, things that they need, you know, how they're feeling physically, things they need emotionally, what they want more of in their lives. And basically every reading is so different. So the questions that people ask are always so personal and so different, uh, which is so fun for me. So yeah, tell, um, me, tell me how it works. Tell me, tell me so, what happens. Do people just contact you and say, hey, I want to chat yes. to my pet? <laughs> so most people find me through my website or word of mouth. I get a lot of, um, you know, recommendations that way. And um, it's all on my website explaining it. But what happens is people are often surprised. I'm not in person with the animals. I've worked with animals all over the world from Australia to Europe, to Canada, all over the United States, I work with a picture. And so a pet parent will send me a picture of their animal. All I ask is that I can see their eyes and they give me their name. And that's basically all I get before um, the reading. And then they give me a list of questions. So in a reading, you can ask about five to eight questions. And as I said, they're all so different and so personal. I also get a lot more information than just those questions. But I, I ask for the questions in advance because I want to make sure that the pet parents are getting everything covered that they want. And then the animal has the opportunity to share anything else that they want. So a lot of things, you know, come up that aren't on the list. And, um, and then I spend about an hour with the animal alone. Um, you know, I have my way of connecting with them. And I usually have about two pages of notes. And then I get on Zoom or the phone with the pet parents and the connection with the animal is open. So then we have a three-way conversation going over everything that I've gotten beforehand and then digging deeper and asking more questions altogether. So you said you have a conversation with the animal alone. Mm -hmm. And so what, do the owners just leave them in a room with the computer or no. how does... Okay, expand for now, me. Now, okay, so um, in connection, there's no time and space. It doesn't matter where the animals are. It doesn't matter if they're sleeping, if they're awake. Uh, the owner might not even know exactly when I'm connecting beforehand with, with their pet. I just am doing it. And, um, and it's really something, there's, okay, so lots of different communicators have lots of different ways of doing their communication. And they're all wonderful and right, and everyone has to do what works for them. So there are some communicators that like to be in person with the animals, and that's amazing, and that's one way to do it. I find it distracting, honestly, to have the human energy around, <laughs> and I don't really want the owner's energy around while I'm talking to the animal at first. So I you know, go into such a quiet place in my mind, which all my years of meditation has helped me to do. And that's why I talk about following the breadcrumbs and everything kind of happening in a certain order for me. So when I communicate, I'm getting so quiet in my mind so that I can hear what the animals are saying and see the pictures and the movies that they're giving me, feel the things they want me to feel. And I can't do that 
when I'm around other people. So I have to get into my quiet little cocoon. That's my way. But other communicators have different ways. And as I said, they're all right. It just depends on what works for you. But that's kind of my system. Now, is this something that anyone can do? Or is it... you know, just like with anything, certain people have talents for it or an aptitude for it, and they are more sensitive to picking up on the vibrations and everything. Or what, if I wanted to do it, could I do it? That's a great question. I'm a very sensitive person. I'm very empathic. And, but I believe everybody has the ability to, to do these things, whether it's connecting with your animal or you know, your spirit guides or whatever you believe your universal support is. I believe everyone has that ability. Most people don't care, don't believe it, don't have the level of faith and trust. People ask me, they're like, how does it work? And I'm like, I honestly don't know. I just have such trust and faith that it does that it does. <laughs> so I don't know. But how, how do to people know? Okay, so it. the dogs the animals can't talk. So how do how would I how would I go about doing that? Because I I'm sure that everybody or a lot of people, in fact, in that I'm a member of a large dog owning community and dog trainers and groomers. And all these dogs have a lot of struggles in navigating the world. You know, whether they are, um, and the amount of times I have said to Henry, who is, he's my big powerful why as to why I get out of bed every day and why I started Happy Henry's for uh, helping dogs who struggle with being handled and groomed. And I've always said, I wish you could talk to me. I wish you could tell me what is going on in that head. So how... How do you show to an owner that um, it actually works? I mean, I guess that's it. You have to, you have to give them information that they um, they will go. Okay, I didn't tell you any of that, and how do you, how that's that's just really weird. So how how do you handle that? Well, the first when I open up with the animal before I get to any of the questions. I asked the universe for like some first impressions. So I basically get a random laundry list of things and it gives me a real sense of their personality and some specific things about them. And so when I'm going through that before I do the questions, the owners are like, oh yeah, that totally makes sense. That's totally my dog. Oh my God, yes. And so that's really um a way to solidify that I'm connecting with their animal and, you know, help them understand like, this is real, this is really happening. (laughs) And, um, but it's funny, sometimes I tell people like, take a lot of notes because there's something I call reading amnesia. And sometimes you don't remember things because animals are telling me things from their whole life, their whole life. So it could be like something from five years ago that they, what was important to them and you didn't realize. And I have people write me and, you know, email me and text me afterwards 
a lot being like, oh my God, I remember. Oh, that they did have that toy and you know, all different kinds of things. So, so it's, it's that specific. Really, you can actually it can describe be that specific. Wow. Like I want me to give you an example. Are you gonna Do you want an example? Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's just a fun story from a reading that to give a perfect example. So um when I was doing my training, I trained for about a year. Um, and I had to do like a hundred readings for free for people. And when they um, when they were asking questions, because I had a, a teacher that I was reporting back to about all my readings, half of the questions that they asked me had to be like what she called verifiable. So they knew the answer. So they were basically testing me. Right. Okay. So one of there was a dog that I was talking to, and one of the questions was, "What's its favorite toy?" And um, I saw sp so specifically in my head a parrot. And the parents like, they don't have a toy that's a parrot. And I was like, okay, listen, this isn't foolproof. Um, you know, I'm connecting energetically to the animal, but I am telling you 100% without a doubt, it's a parrot. And that's what I'm seeing. And I, I have to stay true to that. You know, I, I just, okay, let's move on to the next thing. So she wrote me about an hour after our reading ended. She's like, I was talking to my sister and her sister took care of the dog while she was at work. And the, the dog's favorite toy at the sister's house was a parrot. And she sent me the picture of the parrot that she, the dog was obsessed with at the sister's <laughs> house because the sister was like, oh my God, that is the favorite toy. So, you know, sometimes oh things gosh. come together after, but it also taught me, you know, to really stick to my guns. Like I, I trust the information that's coming from the animals and I'm not saying that and I can't be wrong about something or I can't interpret something incorrectly. I mean, I am interpreting. So right. I'm using all of my psychic skills to interpret. So like, it's not a hundred percent, but it's pretty close most of the time. So that's just a, a quick example of how um, specific it can be and how sometimes things come together after the reading, they figure it out. Wow. I'm, I'm, I'm so, I'm, so if I pulled up a photograph of Henry and you could see his eyes, you're saying that you could go away and talk to him? Mm-hmm. Yes. Really? Can we do it now? Yeah. <laughs> well, the, the, here's the I don't thing. Know. So I I, always, I'm, just, I, I'm really curious. So I'm just. I'm, I don't want to disappoint anyone ever, but it, I don't work on the spot. So I have to like go to my quiet place, plan a time, get so quiet. Like that's just my way. So I'm not like an in the moment. Um, and that makes perfect sense. So then let me ask you this next, next question. Um, if I wanted to do it, and and have you go away and you get the right moment him. and talk mm -hmm. to him. Um, how long does it take um, and and how much does it cost? Because I, I mean, obviously people from all over the world, if they were interested in in trying it, what what sort of money are we talking about here? Um, so basically, you book an appointment and. It it just depends. There's times where I can do it in a week or two. And there's times where I have a four month waiting list. It just, 
kind of is cyclical. Summer is always slower for me. So if anyone's interested in doing it, summer is a good time to get me because in the U.S. <laughs> it's very quiet. Um, so I definitely slow down a lot in the summer. Um, and the cost is $300. And I think everyone would be really happy if they tried it. I think they would get a lot of information and feel really connected to their animals. And the report that you give them afterwards, they... Is it, is it, how many pages are we talking about? What Or is it a recording? How, how does it work? Um, I don't record, people are welcome to record the sessions. Um, and then I usually have about two pages of notes that I go over, but then as I said, the connection is still open. Um, so I spend, I usually like to do the reading right before I talk to the pet parents. So let's say I'm talking to you at 11 a.m. Mm-hmm. I'll sit down at 10 a.m. and do the reading and then the connections open and then I bring in the pet parents and we keep going. So I go over all the information, but I'm going back and forth with the animal and the parents and asking more questions and digging a little deeper. And it's super fun. And how long does that bit take then? It, That's with, like with usually about 30, 30 minutes, 30 or 40 minutes, oh, maybe wow. 45. It just depends. Okay. So what sort of things, and you said you can do, you can speak to, uh, both living and those animals that have passed. Mm-hmm. What sort of things do people want to find out? Some examples. Um, it can be everything from health issues, how they're feeling. I'm not a vet or a diagnostician, but I can share any information from the animals. So I'll never diagnose your animal, but I'll tell you if they need to go to the vet, where it's hurting. Um, but I won't tell you like they have a certain disease because it's just unethical. I don't have right. a medical degree, but I can give you a lot of information around it. Um, sometimes there's behavioral issues. There's people like to check in with their animal before they bring a new animal into the house and kind of explain who's coming and how much they love that animal. Um, sometimes people just want to know what their pets are thinking. What's your favorite treat? What do you want more of? What do you love that that we do together? What do you want to do more of? Um, You know, a lot of, I do a lot of end of life readings uh, when people are trying to decide, like, does their animal need help saying goodbye? When is the right time? How are they feeling about that? Um, It's, there's everything. And let me tell you, your animal's know everything that's going on with you. I have had animals tell me about learning disabilities that the children in the home have, abortions, depression, eating disorders. I mean, like, trust me, they know everything that's going on with you. And they like worry about you. They love you. They want to share how they're feeling about you. Um, It's so interesting. And it, it sounds quite scary as well. No, 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 no. It's not scary. It's um, it's just so interesting that that they know and they have feelings about it. They they like or dislike your new shampoo, the smell. They you know realize if you're dating someone that's not right for you. They they know everything. <laughs> it's really really cool. Oh, my gosh. Well, I mean, the thing is, because I I do work on a consent-based grooming um, system, and I take each dog individually and try and, and I love the behavior side of it, 
trying to be like a little investigator, trying to figure out what works for that dog, what's they're comfortable with, what they're not comfortable with, and how we can help them work through that um, with games. But it would be if there was someone like yourself who <laughs> could just go, you know what, this I'm having this struggle. Now, there's, there's a good question for you. Let's say I'm having a struggle with a client, seen them several times, and we're not seeing progress. If the owner was interested in finding out more, we could then set something up and ask the question specifically around grooming and handling, what they're uncomfortable with. Yes. Is that right? And what they need to make it better. But I would definitely need the owner's permission. Like I yes. couldn't do it just, you know, without, I could never well, do it without the owner's I couldn't permission. afford to pay for <laughs> all, the, all the dogs I wanted to. But, but yeah, no, it's interesting. I like it because I, I think the more dogs that we can help, the better. Um, Absolutely. So, so, and they don't send you a piece of hair or anything, the owners? No. It's just a no. photograph that you can see their eyes? Just a picture. And mm -hmm. look into their soul. Yeah. I mean, it's just, and I, I mean, I can do it without a picture, but I always like to have a picture. It just helps me connect really quickly. And, um, you know, it's not mandatory, but in my practice, I always ask for a picture because it just helps me drop in really quickly. And I feel that it helps me connect with the animal. But again, that's all I have. Do you have a special place that you go and do this or can you do it anywhere or do you literally have a whole little room where you go and sit and be quiet? It depends on my mood. Sometimes I do it in my husband's work from home office that he used during COVID. Sometimes I do it in a cozy corner of my couch. Um, I, it depends on my mood, but I don't... Um, I'm I'm always flexible in all of my practices. I don't have one single place that I do anything or um I am not flexible in my routine about connecting though. I have the same thing that I say every time in the same order and no matter where I'm sitting or where I am that happens the exact same way. That's now, all, that's where I am the least flexible. <laughs> now you mentioned training. You did hundreds of hours of training. Where is this through a school or how do you, how do you, who do you go to, to train? Well, it's funny because at first, when you talk about following the breadcrumbs, I was doing other types of medical, metaphysical communication, more mainstream, like with spirit, people in spirit and spirit guides and stuff. And I got this email in my inbox and I have no idea where it came from. I mean, I do. The universe dropped it in because it was a breadcrumb, but it was about <laughs> an animal communication class. And I've never even heard of animal communication. I had no, nothing about it. And it was one of those free will moments where I could have been like, I don't know what this is, delete. But I was like, wait a sec. I love animals and I love metaphysical communication. I'm going to take this class. And I randomly took this class. The very first dog I connected with in the class, I was like, oh my God, this is it. This is what it's all been taking me towards. This is, I'm supposed to be doing this. So then I started practicing on just friends and families, animals. And I started reading tons of books and learning everything that I could. And when I was reading books, I came across a teacher that I really connected with her style. 
and she had a training program. So I worked through her. I worked with her and trained and then went out on my own. And it just, it was, my business just took off, I think just because it's right and it's what I was meant to be doing. And the universe just really had my back with it. So all of a sudden I had a four month waiting list of clients. Oh my and gosh. Just started doing it. I was uh, early on, I was on a news show in Houston and that really catapulted my business because it really got me out there. I mean, people don't magically just know what you do. So that really kicked things off. And from then it's just been wonderful. I That's feel what so I grateful. need. I need like, to I get can't on believe a it's my program. job. <laughs> like I get paid to talk to the most joyful, loving creatures on the planet. And that's my job. I say I have the best job in the whole world. Oh, I just got a little warm, a warm <laughs> fuzz from that. Um, so we are running up. How long have you been doing this, by the way? I've been doing it for God, now probably about four years. Okay. And you don't see any reason to stop doing Maybe this. five. Um, no, nope. <laughs> I like that. You can take that one to your grave, even. I, yeah, well, I can do it from six... anywhere in the world. But, I mean, as my kids grow up and I travel yeah. more, it's, I just need me <laughs> and a, and that a is phone and or an iPad. So Fabulous. Um, so my final question. Oh, first of all, if anyone wants to find out more about you, or would like to contact you directly, what's the best way to do it? Uh, my website is alleycats.com, A-L-I-K-A-T-Z. And if anyone's curious, I did not grow up Alley Cats. I married someone whose last name was Cats, but it just worked out perfectly. And oh the funny gosh. thing is, the person I dated before my husband for two years his last name was Cats. Like, I just was destined to be Alley Cats. So. I mean, I, I, it's one of those, you know, where someone changes their name to fit their career. Or yeah, I, that, I now that, that. If that isn't a breadcrumb, then I don't know what is. But I should tell everyone that it's A-L-I-K-A-T-Z.com. Um, um, in the UK. Um, and also on Instagram, you're at Ali cats underscore right i am but and you can definitely you know see some things that i've done and i have clips there i went off social media a year ago so my account is still active but don't message me there if you need me you have to get me through my website and my email because um i just stepped away from social media and i it realized can suck that you in, i had can't it? yeah and my business was doing my business doing great without it through my website and word of mouth. So I I don't think I'm going back. So you can definitely get to know me a little bit on there, but don't contact me. Oh. <laughs> don't call me. <laughs> Sounds like a pretty woman. Stop calling me. <laughs> I um, think I have a note on there saying, like, I do not answer direct messages. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Finally, if you were a dog, what breed would you be and why? Oh, my goodness. That is such a good question. Um, I think... I think I would be a Lacey, a little Shih Tzu. A little Shih Tzu. The most loving, and I am loving looking at Lacey right now. Sugar cube. She is just pure love. And I, I feel like that's kind of where I am in my life. And, and Lacey is 12 and a half years old. Yes, yes. 
and, and she's, she's absolutely sweetie. gorgeous. So I'm going to get a grab a screenshot. Okay. And of, I rescued her when she was two. So. And you rescued both her and Gizmo, correct? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm so lucky. <laughs> well, you are all so lucky. So listen, thank you, Ali, for joining me today. It's literally been mind blowing for me. Um, I would also like to thank Melanie, one of my dearest friends, for connecting the two of us. Um, Absolutely. You, as Ali said, you can find out more about her at alicats.com. That's A-L-I-K-A-T-Z.com. Many thanks to you listeners for joining me for this episode of the Woof You podcast. Woof You is hosted and produced, produced, get my teeth sorted, by me, Victoria Shepherd. Find the Woof You podcast on Happy Henry's website, happy-henrys.co.uk, as well as through Apple Podcasts and Google Play, where you can stream and download episodes as many times as you like. Please do subscribe, review and rate and share until your fingers and paws fall off. The only way I'm going to improve what I do for you is to get your feedback. I want you to enjoy listening and your involvement is key to the success of this programme. If you have any questions or suggestions for future topics or people I can meet from anywhere, reach me through the website or our Facebook or Instagram pages at Happy Henry's Dogwash. I'll be back in a few weeks with something completely different. Until then, from Henry, Stanley and me, thank you so much. And don't forget, in the warmer weather, think twice about walking your dog. No dog died from not taking a walk but many have through heat exhaustion. So stay cool. Thank you.